Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Joel Coleman of Sports Illustrated's Cowbell Corner, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman. Woo! So let's just go ahead and talk about what the, uh, the <laughs> elephant in the room here. Before we do anything else, we are recording this at 9 a.m. on a Wednesday morning. Normally we go a little later than that, but it is playoff baseball day. Joel is decked out. I mean, he always wears something Braves, but he's got is, – is it a chipper jersey or who is it? It's just it's just, just a, a Braves jersey, jersey Braves hat. And the delay there was I'm sure there was some Braves news coming over the wire there. Braves first pitch is in an hour and 52 minutes. I something like that, that, yeah. So – I got bad news for you. So if you were a fan of the B&B show, and and you were a fan of how Bob Garskadden just sort of checked out most of the time, today's show is going to be for you. But if we had recorded at normal time, it would have really been uh, I wouldn't you. Have, I would have just, you would have know, been solo, basically. I'd have, I would have been like, you know, it would have been like that show where, uh, where Bob was previewing that NIT game, and I wanted nothing to do with it, so I just I just read the internet. That's yeah. what that would have been like. Can I, can I uh, give you some uh, bad news? Yeah, sure. First pitch tomorrow is 11 too. Well, we'll go early again. It's no big deal. <laughs> we don't have to go as early, though, because yeah. uh, I don't have my my uh, work conference call that I have every Wednesday. So. Okay. Well, there you go. So we don't have to go as early. But anyway. However you want to do it. I- I'm here to help. I'm here to I help. My team friend. is out, so I'm here to help. <laughs> you what? can root for us. We got the panda now. You, you, so. you, you, know, you know what my philosophy in playoff baseball is when the Giants aren't in? You don't care. No, no. I have I have an actual philosophy. Whoever plays the Dodgers. Anybody but the Dodgers. Yeah. That's all I care about. I don't care who wins as long as the Dodgers lose. A Dodger loss is a win for America. All right? Now, I, my, my worst fear this year is another Dodgers-Astros World Series. My head might explode. I don't want to see that. Who would you root for? I don't know. I don't know. It would be really funny if the Dodgers lost again to the Astros without the cheating. That would be pretty humorous to me. <laughs> but the Astros don't deserve to win. I don't. I hope it won't come to that. You know, God help us. We are thanking you for joining us today at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. We appreciate all our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. I want to thank our sponsors, Strange Brew Coffeehouse and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Uh, I say if the Braves win today, this is a day... Here's here's what I say. Here's what here's what here's what here's a bet I want to make with you. It's not really a bet because I'm not going to lose anything. If the Braves win the World Series, you have to go to Churn and Spoon and get a Sunday. Are you willing? I mean, are you willing to do that for yourself? Give yourself that treat. I'm open to it. Okay, I'm that, open that, to that's it. more than I normally get. Yeah, it's more than I would normally get from you. So because I, I mean, you know, you got you got to get a little wild when you win it all. Yeah, you know, yeah, so. you know. Instead of just dousing yourself in champagne, <laughs> go get a hot fudge sundae. It's about the same thing. So this weekend, if you're headed to Starkville, you know what the deal is. Head over to Churn and Spoon. Head over to Strange Brew. Especially if you're coming coming back and going or coming up and going back the same day, you're going to need a little boost. Churn and Spoon, or, uh, sorry, Strange Brew can definitely provide that for you. College Corner knows that if you're not coming to Starkville this weekend, you're wanting to have a get together. You want to get the uh, the family together, the friends, and watch the game. 
They've got all the supplies for that. Just great stuff that normally you take to the tailgate, but now you can have it at home. All of the supplies you need for tailgating, plates, platters, uh, games, you know, the cornhole, the, 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 you know, things that, you know, you play with beer, beer pong, I believe. Is an, I, I, I don't know that much about it. Where's Tyler Horker when you need him? I was going to say, I, I, I honestly don't know much about it, but I have watched it. I have watched I have watched some heated games of it, though. <laughs> I'll tell you that. Uh, so whatever supplies you need for tailgating, bring them to the home and bring them there via College Corner. Shop online at collegecornerstore.com or hit up either of their two locations in Jackson. They're in Ridgeland by Fleet Feet. They're in Flowood by the Half Shell. And get your house ready for Maroon and White and Mississippi State football this weekend. Advantage Business Systems knows that right now is not the time for your business to not be working at peak efficiency. It needs to look like Mike Leach's offense working for you, not against you. So give them a call today and put their 45 years of experience in this state to work for you. Give them a call at 844-833-6245 or visit them online at absms.com and find out how Advantage Business Systems helps your business do business. Joel T., we are going to talk about the Arkansas Razorbacks today. The last two years when we've had this discussion, we could have basically just laughed for 45 minutes. That could have just been the show. Just <laughs> just the whole time. But this year, it's only one game, and they lost by four touchdowns. But they looked a lot better. They looked competent. And now, granted, this is the game I saw the least of because it was going at the same time Mississippi State was on. But we kept seeing the score. You know, They had to lead in the third quarter, and you're like, they're not going to win, but how, how close are they going to keep it? Georgia makes a change at quarterback, and that's what gets things going uh, their direction. The great, the, the aptly named Stetson Bennett the Fourth. I just picture him kind of like a uh, <clears throat> what was the WCW manager's name? Uh, had the suit and the hat and the uh, I can't remember his name now. Gary Hart? No, no. Uh, anyway, continue on. I'll think of his name. I was going to say that you remember a couple weeks ago when we did that list of the Ole Miss Phi Capital. Yeah, he'd have fit. He'd have fit right. If you yeah. put Stetson Bennett, the fourth's name, amongst Tondarius Stallion and uh, <laughs> what was that guy's name? Dunn Fruz. I wouldn't have I wouldn't have flinched. <laughs> I'd have been like, he belongs. Uh, this week, of course, you know, not that can be the case for Georgia. But Arkansas in that game, the two things that stand out to me are this was that Against the run, now I know what you're saying. Oh, against the run doesn't matter. And I'm going to explain why it does. They, they, they really limited Georgia. You think about Georgia football. You know you know there's two five-star tailbacks back there. You know the offensive line is dotted with studs. They only averaged 2.8 yards per carry. Uh, 42 carries for 121 yards. What that translates to me, Joel, and tell me if you agree, is Arkansas might be pretty strong up front, and that might allow them to just rush four and drop seven if they feel like they can get some pass rush. That's, yeah. Is it a reasonable assumption? Yeah, it sounds like it. It sounds like it. It kind of feels like we're reaching a little bit here trying okay. to trying to find something to, uh, look, I, the transitive property doesn't always work in football, but to me, if you can throw for 623 yards on LSU, my, my gut here is that Arkansas's defense isn't as talented or as good as LSU's. Is that probably a fair assessment? That's a very fair assessment. So my gut tells me that if Mississippi State, if K.J. Costello is as accurate, uh, the offense plays a similar game to what they did in Baton Rouge, Arkansas is in a lot of trouble defensively. Your theory is right. It, it, It does seem like maybe they could be good against the run, so maybe, you know, 
can maybe get a pass rush, but I just don't know that that's going to be enough uh, in, in thinking about it. But we'll, we'll see. We'll see. That's the, That's what they've got to hope, though. I mean, you've got to hope that you can get to K.J. Costello with four guys and drop your seven guys back, it's take away one. some space, because yeah. that's what that's what defeating the air raid is. It's taking away the space. Yes. You know, the air raid's attacking the space, so on defense, you have to create less of it. Right. you got to be tighter. And Tighter at the back. Isn't that what they say? <laughs> that's, sure. So, that's the, that's the other question, though, is when you look at what all Arkansas did against the pass, now they 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 harassed Dewan Mathis, but I think that's more that Dewan Mathis was not ready for prime time, uh, more more than anything else. Stetson Bennett the fourth was I, I'm going to refer to him as the fourth. The fourth. Time. Um, Quattro. <laughs> Quattro Bennett. I like that. He was efficient. Twenty of twenty nine for uh, two hundred and eleven yards. I, I'll just tell you that if you allow uh, KJ Costello to complete passes at a seventy percent clip. You can be in for a really long night there on the Arkansas side of things. It, 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 just from, again, I, I have, I'm making these assumptions based on, on what I see off the numbers. I didn't watch enough of the game. It seems to me that Arkansas's game plan in that was we're going to stop the run at all costs. And they did. Yeah. And But they, they doing so, they obviously made themselves vulnerable to the passing game. With Mississippi State, you don't have that problem. Anybody who comes to Starkville and says we're going to stop the running game, Mike Leach is just going to be like, "Why? Why are you even here? <laughs> just go home. You know, this is going to be a long day." Um, can Arkansas make the flip? I guess is my question. Do you feel like? I, I feel like from a talent issue, you're absolutely right. If, if LSU couldn't do it, and that's going to be a problem for us the rest of the year. By the way, and when I, when I say that's I mean me and you is we are going to immediately make that. You know, well, LSU couldn't stop them. How can? You know, and outside of Alabama and Georgia, you know that nobody has more talent on the defense than LSU does. Um, but we have to somehow, you know, because there's going to be there's going to be a down game. There's going to be a game where it doesn't click. There's going to be a down game. There's going to be a game it's where not it doesn't click. Game, it's not going to be this game. And the fact of the matter is, most games it's going to work. Yeah. I mean, it's not going to be 623 yards through the air work. But most games it's going to work. Uh, I mean, Mike Leach has finished not top 25 in the country, not top 10 in the country, but tops in the country in passing yardage. Numerous times. Yeah, I, was about, times. I almost said more times than not, but that's probably not... It's not too far But off. it's not too far off. Right. I mean, it's going to work. If you had any doubts, you can look back to that LSU game and see that it, it's going to work. The question is, from week to week, for me... uh. How well does it work combined with is Mississippi State's defense able to back up what they did in Baton Rouge? Or was that just a first game, new scheme, and then once guy – because to me, I feel like whereas (coughs) – excuse me, with the air raid, I feel like that's something that you have almost 20 years worth of film on. Yeah. Even if it's other teams running it. Um, so I don't think that because State had success at LSU that other teams can go back and watch the LSU game and then stop the air raid. I, I don't feel like that that's a thing. I do feel like once you kind of get film on Zach Arnett a little bit at Mississippi State and see what he's doing with his personnel, I feel like maybe maybe that helps other teams more than watching the air raid. So I'm interested to see how State backs up the defensive performance. To me, that's where this game's going to be 
in a lot of games, maybe one or loss for State is defensively. Because I, I think State put up points against LSU, and I think they're going to put up points against Arkansas. I mean, I agree with you. I think everybody, I think Mississippi State's going to put up points just about, about everybody they play. Every game is going to be def- decided defensively for Mississippi State. It, it's almost like you start the game with 30 points, and then it's, you know, what State can add to that, and then, you know, what are they going to give up? If State gives up 29 points per game this year, they, they might go undefeated. I don't know that that's going to be the case, though. Um, offensively, you mentioned it. You know, Felipe Franks over there now at Arkansas. I mean, he looked like Felipe Franks looks. All right? He's, he's not great. He's not going to kill you. He did throw a couple of picks. He's better than what they had. I don't know if that's true or not, and I'll tell you why. Because of Chad Morris. That guy had about as much business running a college football, an SEC program, as any one of our children. Uh, I wouldn't let that guy manage a car wash. I can't believe Auburn hired him to be their offensive coordinator. What could? Can you imagine? Can you imagine the thought process there? Like, all right, who are we going to hire? We need to get somebody who can come in here and really give our offense a spark. Well, Gus in here, they're buddies, aren't they? You're, that's sort of the point, isn't it? There, you know, they just did a little 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 nepotism happening there. Well, you know, how you think Waffle I got the, How you think I got this scene on this podcast? Hmm? I'm your buddy. That, 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 <laughs> while that is true, you're also good at your job. So. Uh, and I felt that you would provide a worthy foil to me you know, for our fake debate. By the way, next next year, next week we're going to fake debate. We're just gonna we're gonna pivot to uh, first take, and Joel and I are just gonna scream at each other every day on the podcast. Not true, uh, but anyway, with Franks, I guess going back a little bit further, like who were the quarterback? Ben Hicks and, and uh, oh, God, what was the kid's name? Nick, the kid who transferred uh, yeah. Starkle. Starkle transferred from Texas A&M. Yeah, and then I had the is the kid from Mississippi still still up there? there? Still yeah. there, and but you know. Not playing, I guess. We saw a little bit of him. Uh, and he looked great. He looked great, but I think a lot of that was State was up 30 points. Yeah. And, um, but anyway, I, I can't judge anybody at Arkansas last year because I, Chad Morris was just so bad at his job. Franks, though, he's not going to win the game for you, and I don't think he'll lose the game for you. He's just sort of blah. You know, people, some people on some message were talking about, well, he was really good against Mississippi State and – in, in uh, 2018 against Florida. Yeah. Man, they scored 13 points. I mean, let's not act like he was just throwing the ball up and down the field. He was efficient that night. Mullen found a weakness in State's defense and exploited it in those little quick screen passes. But let's not act like he was just throwing the ball down the field and making plays. Um, now, Rakeem Boyd is the guy who can make plays. They're running back. We, we've seen enough of him. He had a good game. He was probably the only Razorback that really had a good game a season ago uh, up there in Fayetteville. Um. Good, good. I mean, one of the best running backs in the SEC. Um, State really did a good job against the run on on Saturday against LSU. But LSU, you know, they the talented backs, but not experienced backs. They, they, they you know, they were just trying to figure something out. Arkansas knows who their guy is. They're going to give the ball to to Rakeem Boyd. Do you feel like that State that they can have uh, success running the ball against this MSU defense? <sighs> what? All along, I've kind of thought State was going to be decent against the run because I trust State's front six-ish. Yeah. Ish. Um, and after what we, I don't, I don't know. After what we saw out of Jordan Davis and Tyrus Wheat and things a week ago, I feel even better about State's front six-ish. <laughs> so, I, I mean, I'm not saying that Arkansas is not going to have some measure of success because I still don't think State's going to have some dominating defensive performance by any stretch of the imagination. But I think they will more than adequately enough do the job. And and the thing is with State, 
you kind of feel like they're going to put up so many yards and, and points that the only way Arkansas can kind of hang is to, you know, they have to win a shootout. And, and to do that, you feel like they're going to have to throw the ball. I mean, I guess you could go with the theory of can Boyd keep the ball in their hands and out of the hands of K.J. Costello? Because that'd be the game plan, right? Yeah. If you're Sam Pittman, let's yeah, you need, you need to kill clock, the game. Yeah. Uh, try and get the run game. I mean, to me, that's if state that's when State may be in the biggest amount of trouble, is mm-hmm. if they if Arkansas is able to pick up four yards to carry. Yeah. Then, then you might you might be in a bit of a trouble. We have we have a, a, have a gnat, gnat in the Thunder and Lightning studio that's driving me wild. Not one here. of those little gnats that run message boards, just just a gnat. <laughs> uh yeah, no, no, you're, that's exactly right. That, that's the formula for success, I think, against Mississippi State for everybody. That's the uh, unless you can punch with them, like right. If Miles Brennan ends up being Joe Burrow part two, yeah, like then that, yeah, yeah, then they would have had an offense that can punch with State. Alabama so, is a team that yeah. even though I'm not a huge Mac Jones guy, they they have the, the weapons they but, can punch. But if you're in Arkansas or later in the year a Vandy or whatever, you the game plan is let's keep the ball as long as we can. Yeah, we're going to run the ball. We're going to take the clock. I mean, you really need to be taking the clock down even in the first quarter to as, take the run the play clock down as much as you can. You need even a three and out to last a couple of minutes. You, yeah. You, you don't need to play tempo against Mississippi State if you don't have the horses. That's that's a that's a that's a good way of looking at it for sure. Um Looking at these Arkansas receivers, you know, obviously with Burks, that's a guy that, 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 that he's good. They they have that. That's the thing that makes Arkansas sort of uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Confusing, Does especially they the, the last. Couple. They, they, they're not devoid of talent. They have some decent players. Traylon Burks is a good football player. Uh, Rakeem Boyd is a good football player. Felipe Franks is a pretty good football player. Um, and of course, he wasn't there last year, but. That's it. Just goes back to Morris. He just tainted everything. I still, I, I never really finished my analogy about, about Morris, but it just doesn't make sense that he he's still in coaching okay. at, in the SEC. Well, let me play all that a minute. Yeah, because I think it's obvious after one game in Baton Rouge, despite the fact that a lot of the characters are still the same, other than at quarterback, mm-hmm. uh, Mississippi State under Mike Leach is a completely different team than if Joe Moorhead led the same bunch down to Baton Rouge. Yeah. I mean, are we still putting the Chad Morris funk? This is the Chad Morris stench still at Arkansas, yes. and we're more so putting that on this team. Whereas with Sam Pittman, they may not be the same bunch. You got a good point. You got a good point. But from a talent perspective, they have some good players. Defensively, I don't know how many good players they have. They 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 are weak up on defense on defense. Um, but there is some of that. It's just like anything else. If State had gone to Baton Rouge and lost, we wouldn't be feeling the same way about Mississippi State that we do today. What, every, what did we say last year? Every week is a season, right? Yeah. Your opinions are allowed to change. Until I see Arkansas beat somebody, I can't take the Chad Morris funk off that team. I have to just assume that they're still bad. Now, you know, let's get the schedule here. Arkansas, you know, let's see here. Then they're they're at Auburn. That's that's a tough. That's gonna be a tough one. Yep. They play Ole Miss on October seventeenth. Let's see what they do there. Is that in Oxford or Fayetteville? That game is in Fayetteville. I don't even know why we ask that anymore. Twenty five percent full stands. Well, I mean, there is something though about sleeping in your own bed versus being on the road. I yeah. mean, there there is a comfort. So it's in Fayetteville. It's in Fayetteville. That's the game where we're really going to find out what Arkansas is. If they lose that game, 
I mean, they're probably not going to have a really good chance to win until they play at Missouri the second to last week of the season. Their next games after Ole Miss are at A&M, Tennessee, at Florida, LSU. Probably, I mean... Well, A&M didn't exactly look like world beaters. They didn't. They didn't, but, man, A&M has dominated that series. Um, I mean, right now the best case scenario for Arkansas is to go 2-8. and eight. But 2-8 and eight on this schedule would have probably been 5-7 and seven on the other schedule because they did play Notre Dame originally. They were going to lose that. But they probably could have had a chance to win their other three games. And if you had told me back in January when they hired Sam Pittman or whenever it was, they were going to go 5-7, and seven, I'm like, that guy could be coach of the year. Because this team hasn't won a conference game in two seasons. They haven't won a conference game since they left Oxford in 2018. That's unbelievable. They, they won that, remember that last second field goal game? Yeah. That's the last conference game that Arkansas won. So, yeah. I, 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 your point is accurate, that there is some, some internal, internal and inherent bias because of Chad Morris. But until I see something different, until I see them you know, win... Or, look, if they came to Starkville and lost by seven and punched with Mississippi State and made some plays, and State just got the win in the end, I would, I would be willing to change my opinion of it. Well, how come you don't feel the same way after they punched with Georgia for – well, they didn't really they punch lost by four them. touchdowns. Yeah, but it, they, 20, and, and Georgia's, 40 minutes into the game, Georgia Georgia is playing its third and fourth quarterbacks. I mean, in reality, let's look at how this season should have played out. Jamie Newman should have been the quarterback. There, yeah. All right, but he's gone. They couldn't get Daniels cleared. Yeah. So now they're, they're through a true freshman out there. On the, I mean, say what you want, it's on the road. I mean, they, they were almost guaranteed to struggle. And they put it in the, the other guy, who, if nothing else, has experience. Yeah. He's been there. He's been through the program. He knows what he's doing. And they settled things. I'm with him. you, by the way. I just. Oh, you play doubles advocate. Yeah. Yeah. It, it just. I, I wanted you to explain why, I guess, 40 minutes in, they have a lead or whatever against Georgia. Yeah. And that didn't change your opinion, whereas if you if they hang with State... Well, it changed well. my opinion that I thought they looked like a competent SEC football team. Yeah. They just aren't good enough to win. Right. All right, let's get a little bit uh, more inside look at the Razorbacks here from Andrew Hutchinson. He covers the uh, the Hogs for hogbeat.com. That's their uh, rival site up there in Arkansas. He's going to join us now on the Welcome Home Beef Hotline, so let's move on into that interview. We told you yesterday, folks, this weekend at Welcome Home Beef, Again, you know, you know you're not tailgating, so why don't you do something at home? How about a whole ribeye, a whole strip loin, a whole tenderloin on the grill? It doesn't get any better than that. And we're talking about some of the best beef money can buy. Grain-fed, locally sourced beef, delicious, melt in your mouth, cook it to perfection. And, of course, the food truck will be open all weekend, too. So if you're here in Starkville and you want to taste some welcome home beef for yourself, just swing by there on University Drive, pick up a burger, pick up a steak taco, and enjoy it because it is delicious. Call them today at 662-268-8148 to place your order for the weekend. Or, like we said, just drop by there on University Drive or to visit them online at facebook.com slash welcomehomebeef. And whatever decision you make, know one thing for sure. It just tastes good. Andrew Hutchinson joins us now on the Welcome Home Beef Hotline. Joining us now is Andrew Hutchinson. He covers the Razorbacks for hogbeat.com. That's the rivals.com site up there in Arkansas. Andrew, obviously, you know, you look at Arkansas from a season ago. You look at them last Saturday night. I think the theme was improvement. They looked like a SEC football team, which is not something you could say about Arkansas in a lot of games last year. Just your overarching impressions of week one of the Sam Pittman era. Yeah, I mean, you, you kind of hit it right there. I mean, we, we saw some actual competence on the football field, uh, which is something that has been missing uh, under the previous regime with Chad Morris as the head coach. 
they're uh, now riding a 20-game SEC losing streak. So uh, when when things are going that poorly, you, you kind of look for uh, any signs of any signs of life, really. And 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 I think you saw that against Georgia. That was a game that uh, you know I think the, the final spread on the game was like 28 points. Uh, so it was it was expected to be a game that Arkansas really didn't have a chance in, but for about two and a half quarters they they hung with Georgia, which is a top five team. So uh, really impressive. Really, the the most impressive uh, thing about the game was was the way Arkansas's defense played. Arkansas is a year removed from having statistically the worst defense in school history, both in terms of uh, points allowed, yards allowed. Uh, so that, that was an area that I was really concerned was, was still going to struggle this year. But uh, with Barry Odom, the former Missouri coach, as the defensive coordinator, uh, seemed to, to really do well. And, of course, Georgia's not you know, a super offensive team. It's definitely not a, a Mississippi State by any means. Uh, but still, what, what Arkansas did uh, defensively against Georgia was, was pretty impressive. Uh, you just hope they can uh, – you'd like to see a little bit more out of their, their offense. Uh, left a little bit to be desired. Some of that I chalk it up to, to playing a, a, an elite defense uh, at, at Georgia, which is some consider maybe the best defense in the country. Uh, and probably the most disappointing aspect, it's not something that you hear uh, people talking about a lot, but it's special teams. Arkansas special teams was an absolute disaster, uh, basically in all facets. Uh, the, the punting game was bad, the punt coverage, the kickoff coverage, it was uh, pretty much all bad uh, from just every perspective. So uh, you you like to see a little bit more out of those areas. But the defense certainly gave Arkansas fans some, some reason for hope in 2020. Well, let's look at that defense then because obviously and it, it's sort of weird on my end to hear somebody talk about Mississippi State being this, this powerful offense, but obviously that's what you saw last week against LSU. How does that Arkansas secondary shape up, and how, how do they will they look to defend uh, Mississippi State team that's going to want to throw the ball fifty plus times a game? You know, I, I'm anxious to see how it matches up. Uh, the secondary is probably the position on the defense that I think has the most potential. Arkansas's recruited well there. They've got multiple four star guys. Uh, they've got a graduate transfer in Jerry Jacobs. Uh, he he comes from Arkansas State. Interestingly enough, and so he's uh, played well there uh, and had an okay game uh, against Georgia. Monteric Brown is the other starting corner who had a really good game against Georgia, uh, was one of the top graded players by Pro Football Focus. Andy had an interception. Uh, you've got uh, some safeties uh, that are, are okay. Jalen Catalan, I think, is, is a, a future superstar. He's a redshirt freshman, but former four star guy. Uh, they actually started a former walk-on at the other safety spot in Simeon Blair, uh, but he actually had a really good game. Uh, but I expect Joe Fouché, he's a, a two-year starter, I believe, at safety. He'll be back, uh, able to play more snaps uh, this week. He was a guy that didn't come back to practice until Thursday of uh, last week. So that's why he didn't get to start, uh, but he played some. Uh, there's uh, there were a couple of cornerbacks uh, who are out, uh, presumably because of COVID-19, uh, but they are expected to be back at practice this week. So it's going to be all hands on deck in the secondary. I'm interested to see how many of those guys are out on the field at one time. Uh, 
you know, Arkansas typically is, its base defense is, is in the nickel, so you have five DBs out there. But I'm wondering if they're going to be using a little bit more dime, uh, maybe see some different linebackers out there, some guys like, uh, you know, Deion Edwards is a guy that comes to mind. He's a outside linebacker for Arkansas, but he was recruited originally as a safety, so he has a little bit more speed. Uh, maybe you see him out there opposed to uh, a Grant Morgan, who is the starting middle linebacker against Georgia, who is a very instinctual player, uh, has really good instincts, can, can make tackles and everything, but he's, no one's ever accused him of being very fast. So uh, I'm interested to see what kind of the personnel looks like uh, for Arkansas's defense uh, against Mississippi State. Uh, I'm, I'm anxious to see what Barry Odom draws up. And then on the other side of the ball, you know, Felipe Franks comes in. Again, you know, he's, he's a guy that when I've seen him play, I don't think he's going to lose you a lot of games. He, he, he's very, you know, he's very solid and, and very calm under center. Rakeem Boyd is one of the best players in the SEC, in my opinion. Do, do you like Arkansas's chances of being able to run the ball successfully against this MSU defense? I do. It was a little concerning how how poorly they ran the ball against Georgia, but again, that was a an elite top the line defense that Arkansas is probably not going to see again until you know maybe they play Alabama or something. So. I think there's going to be a little bit more room to run uh, against the Mississippi State defense. Uh, you know, Mississippi State is not a you know they're they're not terrible by any means on defense, but they're not a Georgia. So I do expect Raheem Boyd to get involved. Uh, he's he's uh, they're making a concerted effort to get him the ball more in the passing game. Uh, he caught several passes against Georgia. He wasn't able to do a lot with it, but. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see if maybe he can get out in some space, uh, you know, get out in the flats, maybe catch some passes there. Uh, not not going to be anything quite like uh, Kylan Hill, I don't think, but uh, he is a guy who is capable of doing that in addition to running between the tackles. And if, if there's a crease, which there weren't any creases against Georgia, but if there is a crease, he's a guy who could take it 50 or 60 yards to the house. Who are the other playmakers to watch out for on this Arkansas offense? Well, Traylon Burks is the guy that, that is is probably the number one guy. I mean, he's he's right up there with Rakeem Boyd, and may eventually be even better than Rakeem Boyd. Uh, but as a receiver, uh, he had 102 receiving yards against Georgia, seven catches. Both of those were career highs after a a pretty solid true freshman year last year. He's a sophomore, uh, former four-star recruit. He comes from uh, Warren, Arkansas. It's a very small town in southern Arkansas that has produced uh, Jarius Wright, uh, Greg Childs, uh, Chris Gregg. Those are some names SEC fans will probably remember from Arkansas's glory days under Bobby Petrino uh, about a decade ago. Uh, so he's a guy that, that can, can make plays. He's a guy that can go get 50-50 balls. He's also a guy that can, after he catches it, take it 50 yards to the house. Uh, just a, a really big, physical guy. I think he's like 6'3". 230. Uh, so he, he's probably your number one guy uh, that Mississippi State is going to need to, to game plan for outside of Rakeem Boyd because he's a, he's a special talent that I think is going to be playing on Sunday someday. What's the offensive line look like for Arkansas? It's a work in progress. Uh, it, it's uh, it's going to be a lot bigger than what Mississippi State saw last year. Uh, they, uh, with Sam Pittman being a, a former offensive line coach, uh, he's a guy that likes big guys. And, and I think the offensive line across the board, uh, the entire offensive line unit averaged about 
15 extra pounds gained over the offseason, with several of those guys gaining a lot. I mean, Ricky Stromberg is a guy who started uh, almost every game at, at left guard la- or right guard last year as a true freshman, listed at 266 pounds. Uh, you can't be 266 pounds and play guard in the SEC. Uh, he's now listed, I believe, around 310, 315. Uh, so much more like a he looks much more like a SEC lineman. He's now playing center. Uh, the left tackle, Minor Cunningham, he kind of struggled against Georgia, uh, but he was a guy who was played at 290 last year, left tackle. Now he's 325. Uh, so these are guys that have put on a lot of weight, uh, but again, it, it's still a work in progress. You know, one game into the, the Sam Pittman era, uh, they they didn't get much. They didn't open up very many holes. Uh, they didn't give up a ton of sacks or anything, but Felipe Franks was definitely uh, definitely did had to move around in the pocket uh, against Georgia. But again, that's, that's a Georgia defensive line that's, that's pretty pretty good. So uh, I think the offensive line will be, will look better this week. But again, it, it's still uh, still kind of getting things sorted out, uh, and I'm not sure if they're going to use the same five or if they may sub some guys in, try to different try different pieces, but. Uh, I expect that unit to be a lot better by week 10 than what it looks like uh, in week one and week two. So what's the game plan then for Arkansas this weekend? How do they try to take a victory here and start? I think it starts with the offense actually moving the ball and sustaining some drives. I mean, I talked about how great Arkansas's defense played against Georgia. Really, the, the thing that just kind of where it started unraveling was in the third quarter when the defense was just on the field for way too many plays. I mean, they were on the field for 93, 95 plays, something like that. Uh, if you include special teams, I looked it up uh, on Pro Football Focus, six of the 11 starters were on the field for uh, at least 87 snaps. And, and that's just not a winning recipe, especially when you're going against an offense like Mississippi State that's going to put a lot of pressure on the secondary Guys are going to be running a lot. Uh, so really the best way to, to defend that is going to be keep those guys on the sideline, and that's going to require running the ball well, uh, sustaining drives, converting third downs. Uh, that, that's going to be just instrumental for Arkansas to have any type of success this weekend is, is being able to move the ball uh, on offense. And then also on defense, uh, they, they are getting some guys back in the secondary this week. Uh, I expect them to rotate a little bit more, keep guys a little bit fresher, uh, so that way they don't wear down. And then uh, finally, the special teams—they just have to be—they just have to be average because uh, they—they were just awful, and that also helped uh, or helped Georgia in the field position game. I mean, it seemed like Georgia was starting on the forty or fifty pretty much every series. So, uh, got to have uh, better special teams play and. But uh, I think the main key is, is offense, the offense sustaining drives and, and keeping the defense on the sideline. Oh, yeah, I agree with that. agree with that 100%. Thanks again, Andrew Hutchinson, hogbeat.com. Appreciate right, thanks to Andrew. Thanks Appreciate him today. taking time out of the day to talk with us and sort of confirmed some of the things we, we talked about in, 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 our, in our, you know, the first part of the show there. That, you know, it, it's a tough road. It's a, it's a big hill to climb for Arkansas. I feel like this team, I think we said before the season, I thought they were going to go winless. I feel like they, they can grab a win. I don't know if it's Ole Miss. I don't know if it's Missouri. Or I don't know if they could snap, snatch up and, and catch Texas A&M, like you mentioned, or, or or somebody like that. Well, you remember, it was a year ago, wasn't it? They, they hung with A&M. 
right to the that's the that's the that is that how that series goes. Yeah, it's always a close game, but A and M always finds a way to win at the end, and it doesn't really matter for whatever reason. It's it's a weird series like that. Now maybe this year playing it on campus will make it a little different. You know, it's been in Jerry World for these past few years. I don't know, but I. I have, so I'm going to go back to what you just said. I have a little more confidence in our. I certainly have more confidence in Arkansas now than if Chad Morris were the coach. I would tell you they were going winless, and I would not even lose a moment of sleep over that prediction. With with Pittman, who I don't, I feel like they're they're going for the Orgeron model here. Let's hire a, a good recruiter and a motivator, and we'll put a great staff around him. I don't know if it's going to work all the time. I don't know if you can duplicate that, but that's that's what they're going for. It feels like he is at least a competent head coach, and I never got that vibe from Chad Morris at any time. So, no, I mean it gives them. They're a little bit like I think, like Ole Miss in Week One. Yeah. You know, they they lost the game, but Ole Miss fans can be excited that maybe things are, are maybe. I have a funny stat for you. Well, you you can do that in a minute, but I'm just saying, like Arkansas saw enough in Week One, kind of like you said, to yeah. to believe that hey, maybe brighter days are ahead. Yeah. Uh, I have a funny stat. Okay. So, Ole Miss lost a game where they scored 30 points. Do you know how many times they've done that since 2015 when they had that good defense? When? How many? Eight. Wow. They have eight losses. That is the Ole Miss brand. Scoring points in a loss. They have lost eight games where they scored 30 or more points. I mean, you think that's, you know, no. Just just, just want to point that out. I don't know why. I don't feel like I felt like taking a shot at him today, but why not? Yes, every day is a good day to do that. Uh, all right. Tomorrow's show, obviously, will be more about Mississippi State. We will uh, really focus in on the three Ps, and we'll talk about our preview, pre- playmakers and predictions for Mississippi State and Arkansas. Guys, have a great uh, Thursday. We'll be back with you on Friday morning for Joel T. Coleman Woo. for the Atlanta Braves. Woo. Hopefully, come in tomorrow, you're in a good mood. <laughs> I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi Media Production.